The Mahe Mysteries is brought to you in association with Seychelles Tourism from the land of tradition, mystery and endless surprise. For more information, visit www.seychelles.travel. Mahe Mysteries, investigated by Patrick Muirhead, inspired by real events on a remote tropical island, but all characters and action depicted are imaginary. All that remains. Episode 8. Later that afternoon, after having led me to the approximate place of Toto's burial, Père Maurice was sitting placidly with Sébastien on our veranda, sipping a cup of soothing Earl Grey that he'd brewed for him as the priest awaited his fate. The police had promised to send two officers from Ansboileau, but as it turned out, when they arrived, they were not alone. A cavalcade of battered police vehicles, blue beacons flashing, pulled up to the cottage and from them a small phalanx of both uniformed and plain-clothes officers disembarked. Instantly recognising one another, the senior investigating officer and I nodded greetings. He gathered the untidy assemblage around the police vehicles, completed his briefing, his team then fanning out among the trees as he approached us. Detective Chief Inspector Achille Dugas, a lumbersome and laconic man, accompanied by his Detective Sergeant Agnès Laudam, mounted the steps. We exchanged a few words before Sébastien and I acceded to his request to leave them alone with the priest. Standing at the edge of the path to the Vancas, we watched the inspector's team picking through the undergrowth with sticks screen light from their mobile phones, hoping to illuminate their way, glimmering like fairy lights in a macabre children's fantasy. So Bernard helped him bury the body, is that it? said Sebastian presently. That's what Père Maurice says, I replied. And they just left it? Covered it up? So it seems. He led some prayers over the grave, offering his silence for theirs. He wanted to continue his ministry, and they wanted to protect their position. It's pity for him. It doesn't sound like piety. People say he's a good man, but somehow something went very wrong. He made a terrible mistake, that's obvious. But if what he says is true, the death was an accident, an unfortunate mishap. Père Maurice isn't a murderer. I've never felt so. Toto had been drinking the night he came to see him. The Padre just lost it. There was a scuffle. He pushed him over. And bang, the man died, just like that. And Maria Lise? She promised to keep her mouth shut? Said Sebastian. She did. And she's a woman of strong conviction, it seems. The priest told me that she promised not only to keep the secret, but to atone for concealing it. Sebastian shuddered. Atone for it? How? 
She promised Père Maurice that in return for keeping her side of the bargain, she would ensure that Samuel's needs and the needs of the other children at the convent would be taken care of. She had plenty of money then. It was nothing to her to spare a few crumbs from her table. She kept her word, buying books, clothing and other necessities for the nuns to give to the kids. And, of course, she kept her final promise. And what was that? said Sebastian. To give Samuel a roof over his head and a job when the time came for him to leave St Elizabeth. He's been living here and working ever since in blissful ignorance. I get it, he said. No wonder that boy is so happy to be taking her order. No wonder is right, I replied. Because as you so often remind me, man needs to keep food on the table. I patted Sebastian's shoulder. And don't worry, this man will. I'm not really here in Seychelles for the Sega songs and the sunsets, you know. He sighed. Well, if you are here for me, then stop swimming against the current all the time, Sebastian said. Learn to go with the flow like the rest of us. You can change yourself, but you will never change Seychelles, however backward and annoying it may be. I bristled. Say TV sacked me for shouting at a cameraman who turned up to film a news item but forgot to bring his camera and tripod, I said. And to add insult to injury, he insisted on stopping for lunch en route to retrieve them. A liquid lunch, as it turned out. Sebastian shook his head slowly and gave me his teacher look. And that would be a very unprofessional thing for a TV news cameraman in London. We know that. But you are not in London, so stop fighting everybody. There's no point. Remember, T-I-S. This is Seychelles, I encanted. But you have your qualities, said Sebastian. I know that better than anybody. It's just there's too much of the worst side of you out there. People don't see the good stuff. They don't see the person I share my life with, the man I agreed to marry. I will get another job, Seb. I promise, I said. And I meant it. And I will try harder to keep my brutish British eccentricities under tighter control in future. Looks to me, said Sebastian, gazing towards the trees, that you might have found your true calling already, mon petit investigateur. Look. A dishevelled constable, leaf litter and sandy earth stuck to his uniform trousers, was emerging with ominous urgency from the bushes and heading for our veranda. He was calling to his commanding officer. Sir, sir, vin vidmont, au besoin vin get ça. Sebastian gripped my forearm. Oh, Lord, they've found something, he said. As the last of the day dissolved into the ocean, the pearl-like orb of the science unit's hastily erected tent radiated an ethereal luminosity through the trees. Only the waves slumping lazily onto the shore and the tubercular choking of the crime team's little petrol generator disturbed the silence as the grim business of gathering evidence proceeded.
they took the priest away, and Sebastien prepared a light supper for us, but I had little appetite, my stomach still at war. And afterwards, we sat wordlessly together on the veranda, watching from a distance, as men and women resembling astronauts or nuclear physicists on the payroll of a James Bond villain moved methodically into and out of the tent. And so it continued until long past the normal bedtime of people in a country where the early setting and rising of the sun dictate the circadian rhythms of its island inhabitants. It was shortly before midnight when Dugas, sheathed in white overalls, extricated himself from the exhumation and returned to the cottage to speak to us. His face was grim. We have recovered a body, I must say with deep sorrow, and as you know, after speaking at length with Father Maurice, so I must first commend you on your good citizenship for bringing this to our attention. But Mr Muirhead, you must understand, this is now an active homicide investigation. This is not something I want to see on the news, not until we have completed all of our inquiries, interviewed witnesses, and I hope, laid charges. Do we understand each other? May I count on your cooperation? The inspector and I had always had a simple understanding during our past professional encounters. I would ask questions, and he would usually evade them. The Seychelles police, possibly the opaquest of the state's agencies, was never over-eager to court media attention, nor likely to succumb to leaking tidbits of information to journalists about criminal inquiries in trade for promises of prominent coverage for their community engagement programs and charity fundraisers. Here, they still possessed the taciturn authoritarianism of the one-party state, interpreting their role as law enforcers, not peacemakers. The inspector, it seemed, had not yet heard of my displacement. You have my word, Achille, I said, the deliberate over-familiarity offered in hope of levelling the psychological gradient. And Sebastian, also, you can rest assured that we remain as silent as, well, dare I say, the grave. I shall thank you if that is both your intentions, Mr. Muirhead, said the inspector. And D.S. Laulam will be speaking to you regarding your statement, but I can wait until the morning when we shall return. For now, we are securing things, and I will leave an officer here overnight. Just one thing, though. It has impressed me that you, a journalist, have led us to what may solve a very historic mystery here in Mahe. What is this mystical ability you, an English reporter that lives in my country, appear to possess? I shrugged. I'm not one of you, I suppose. It can open doors. The inspector continued. Maybe you are too generous to your emotions. How do you mean, I asked. He was making to leave us, to give his instructions before closing down the recovery operation for the night. You allowed yourself to believe everything you were told. But I thought journalists were more careful than that. Lies and truth so often bound together. I stood as he moved away and began descending the steps. 
Who has lied? I asked. The priest, it seems. He told you, and us, that he and Toto Lafortine had engaged in a dispute and he'd pushed him, resulting in the man's death. That's right, I said. He's admitted he killed him, but it was an accident. Quite so, said the inspector. Well, that must have been quite some push, quite some fight, and either the priest once had hidden superhuman strength, or he has lied. We have recovered a body tonight for further examination, it's true, and exactly close to where Père Maurice indicated. But this victim did not die from a mild-mannered clergyman's simple shove. This victim was decapitated. Probably with a machete or something like it. We have a skeleton, but now we must find a missing head. He nodded a polite, valedictory greeting and smiled cryptically. Bonsoir, bon monsieur, he said then turned and left. Twice during the night I awoke, unable the second time to lull my agitated mind nor my belligerent belly back to slumber. I rose quietly so as not to disturb Sebastian, who could reliably sleep on a pinhead, if truth be told, picked up my phone and cigarettes from the nightstand and slipped past our dozing dogs onto the veranda. I lit a Winston there, coughed and gazed towards the ghostly tent where a plump constable stood sentinel. Drawing in smoke in the darkness, I revisited in my mind the evidence and recalculated a part professional, part emotional equation. In my life, both at home and at work, I'd always preferred to play fair. I'd made an explicit promise to the Chief Inspector that operational details of his investigation would remain confidential for the time being. But between promises to authority and duty to intimates, perhaps even to other journalists, the latter always engendered more powerful instincts of loyalty and I owed Claudette something in return for her news leads. The Mahe Mysteries was created by Patrick Muirhead and Lindsay Farabo. It was written, narrated, and produced by Patrick Muirhead. Music was by it was an operculum media production recorded on location in Mahe Island, Seychelles. The Mahe Mysteries is brought to you in association with Seychelles Tourism from the land of tradition, mystery and endless surprise. For more information, visit www.seychelles.travel. Hello everyone. My name is Tom Kearns, and I host the Anglo-Saxon England podcast, where I cover the history and culture of England from the departure of the Romans in the 5th century to the Norman Conquest in 1066. So far, we've surveyed the collapse of Roman rule in Britain, the migration of the Anglo-Saxons, and the history of Northumbria from its beginnings in the mists of legend to its destruction at the hands of Viking raiders in the 9th century. I hope you'll come and give it a go.